0: Stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's director of ETF research, Nina Mishra, to talk about what's going on in the ETF world here in 2022, and specifically our favorite topic, Kathy Wood at ARK investments and her etfs as well as the other etfs that are the hottest of 2022 and they're not the arcs obviously uh but another area remains the champion again here in 2022 was the champion last year in 2021 but what's happening with these two groups is is all the money flowing into the champion sector is it abandoning kathy finally or or not I don't know, but I invited Nina on to talk about all this because she has all the details and all the good, good uh, background on what is going on out there in ETFs. So welcome, Nina. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, this is a this is a very interesting topic, uh, and
1: uh, as you mentioned, if you look at the performance, oil, energy stocks, they continue to be the hottest. Energy was the best performing sector last year, and this year also it continues to do well. So this oil rally, which has been supercharged by the war that continues and uh, we are talking today on may 31st and oil is up a lot again today because uh, yeah. china is opening up and uh, europe has finally decided to you know put more restrictions on russian oil so yes this is a very interesting topic and uh, arc which we always talk about that remains favorite with traders, and despite very poor performance this year, those stocks have been beaten down, those ETFs have been uh, beaten down, but they continue to gather assets. So Wood's flagship ETF, which is the ARK Innovation Fund, ticker symbol ARKK, that has gathered over $1.6 billion in assets this year, even though it is down a lot. In fact, all her funds are down this year. The yeah. ARC Innovation Fund is down almost 52% year to date, and uh, then followed by the Genomics Fund is also down 45%. Uh, uh, then uh, FinTech Innovation uh, Fund is down about 53%. So despite that very very poor performance uh ARK continues to gather assets but um, only the uh, flagship fund is uh, gathering assets the other
0: etfs by arc haven't gathered assets this year okay that's interesting to know but i'm not surprised because the flagship has always been kind of where it's at right you know, it's- yeah so so that that flagship fund has all her
1: strategies. So that is why, uh, in one ETF wrapper, you get all e- Ark ETFs. So that is why it is always popular. It is the most well known, and that is the one which continues yeah. to gather assets.
0: Yeah. So. You know, we've talked about her funds in the past and comparing them to the Janus funds, which is really the only thing we can kind of compare what she did with, uh, you know, these kinds of funds with the active managers. And I took a look again to kind of see what was going on with the Janus funds. Uh, we, When we last talked about this comparison between these two, we were looking basically at the end of 2020 when Arc had that amazing year in 2020 and Janus 20 in spe- specifically that fund Janus 20 had an amazing year in 1999 and then we were discussing like what what happened after that um, but now now that uh you know we've had the pullback to some extent in what Arc K is doing I I thought I needed to look at what was happening with Janus 20 several years after Um, you know that one started to pull back and did they see a lot of money exiting now they couldn't have money coming in because they did close all those funds and I didn't I didn't realize that even in in 2000 when the market you know peaked in March of 2000 the Nasdaq and then started to sell off. It still saw huge inflows because of how hot 1999 was. So they did have to close five more funds in in early 2000. So by the time 2001 came rolling around, I think they had eight of 17 of their funds were actually closed to new money by February of 2021. Uh, So it's a little bit different because the money could not come in there like it can go into K right now. But that being said, I look to see when did investors start taking the money out, because that's kind of the key indicator, because I am surprised that the money is still going in to K at least, um, given the 52 percent, you know, down so far just this year. And uh, just looking around in the old archives, I found that it wasn't until the fourth quarter of 2020 or uh, 2000 that finally the money started to come out. So they, they did see 2.1 billion come out of the Janus funds. That's the whole fund family by that fourth quarter. Um, so people stuck in there for at least the first six months of the sell off. Janus 20 itself was down 32 percent in 2000 and then it was down another uh, let me see it was down another uh, 29.2 in 2001 so that slide was a little bit longer <laughs> a little longer than what we're seeing RK doing right now but the money kept coming out in 2001 so they had about 11 billion in outflows through november 30th in 2001 as finally investors started to just say like i've had enough enough of the pain and i'm getting out of this but that's what makes it so interesting about what's happening with arc k because it had plenty of pain last year too and now we're almost in the middle of 2022 here and down 52%. And yet there's still remaining believers in Kathy.
1: Yes, it, it is very, very surprising. So as you mentioned, yeah. uh, they had very good performance in 2020. But now, if you look at the longer term performance uh, since inception, and ARKK, the flagship fund, the inception date was uh, October 31st of October 2014. And if you compare the performance with the S&P 500 index and the Investco QQQ, uh, which is the technology-focused uh, broad index, uh, uh, The ARC fund has now underperformed. Both, its uh, performance is pretty close to the S&P 500, but over the long term since its, its inception, it has underperformed the QQQ. And uh, most investors, they started buying Arc after after they were very high. So I think most of yeah. the investors who have rushed in, who have poured money in this uh, ETF, uh, the believers uh, who call her Cathy Auntie or Kathy Bay, they, yeah. Yeah or money tree, they must have lost money, but they are sticking, sticking with her. And Kathy continues to double down. Uh, some of her, like I have a lot of respect for Kathy. She is the most yeah. uh, well-known, one of the most successful asset managers, female asset managers in terms yeah. of asset gathering. And I like her conviction in her strategies, but some of her, you know, statements, some of her tweets, they make me kind of scratch my head. Like, does she really believe that? Like recently she tweeted uh, that uh, our research shows artificial general intelligence, AGI, that is going to transform the world. And within six to 12 years, breakthroughs in AGI could accelerate GDP growth from 3 to 5% per year currently to 30 to 50% per year. So just imagine GDP growth of 50% per year within the next six to 12 years. So is that really a possibility? I mean, we all want flying cars and robots right. everywhere, but we know that these changes do not happen in years. They take they take decades. Yeah. Uh, and we have been hearing about these changes. And we know the, the adoption of AGI is going to accelerate, but not in six to 12 years, not that kind of change in six to 12 years. And recently at a conference, she was asked about uh, her strategies and uh, the poor performance and she doubled down she said that uh, we have this longer term five-year outlook and uh, our annualized performance may be close to 50% in the coming years so I think uh, some of Uh, her statements uh, do not make much sense so they're they, they're like uh she also had predicted that oil will go down to 12 dollars yeah. a barrel because uh, evs are taking off and we also know that evs the takeoff is not happening very soon because uh, those uh, critical inputs which are required for for EB batteries, the world is not certainly going to produce because they are not, their supply is just not there. So adoption of yeah. EVs is also going to take time. And uh, oil uh, is, it may be, it's, uh, she said $12, uh, it and is above $120 as of now. So,
0: right.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, it's not even close. Yeah, so some um, of yeah, like statements
0: don't make any sense. Right. But do you think that uh, it's because of, you know, her bullishness that's keeping people, you know, to still dive in to hang around, or in the face of those kinds of losses? Because, or do they just really think that this is this is a buying opportunity? You know, most of the losses are priced in. How much lower can it go? And I do want to own these innovative companies, so now I'm getting them on sale. Is that how they view it? I don't know yeah so that's that's a big possibilities so, i mean innovation yeah. disruptive
1: innovation that she talks about is a hot theme and uh, you know it is a sexy topic so everyone wants to invest in uh disruptive innovation um the kind of artificial intelligence uh, eb EV and everything uh other possible reason is that uh, investors who bought arc Maybe they used it as one of their satellite holdings, like their core holdings were in the broad um, indexes, SPY or QQQs, and uh, a little allocation to Ark just for that uh, extra uh, sizzle in the portfolio. So it's possible that uh, this was a smaller part of the holding uh, of the portfolio holdings. So people are continuing to hold, and yes, uh, uh, Kathy, being Kathy. makes a lot of difference because she she has such strong belief in her strategies and because of her tweets and because of her statements, uh, probably investors are um, sticking with her and they may see a good buying opportunity at uh, these levels. So we will see if the pain continues in these high growth stocks, which, uh, which are not many of them are still unprofitable and will not make any money in the coming years and they are going to be beaten down because in the rising rate environment so it remains to be seen how long her uh, strategies will continue to suffer and uh, how long uh, investors will tolerate that uh, poor performance uh, so yeah. one th- one interesting thing is um, is that earlier last year in particular Tesla's excellent performance kind of provided some cushion uh, to yeah. ARK's downslide. Now, this year, Tesla has also been beaten down so much uh, um, because uh, Elon Musk's uh, interest in Twitter and uh, other, other reasons. So, in fact, uh, Tesla for the first time is not the top holding in ARKK. Currently, Zoom Video is the top holding in ARKK, the flagship fund. Yeah
0: that tells a lot Um, interestingly when I was looking at the Janus 20 about what they did you know they were heavily concentrated in these growth stocks too so in 2000 they have they had 38 stocks in the Janus 20 which is a little bit under what Kathy has in the arc K but they were all kind of you know in the similar vein like the ones that would lead you into the next century essentially And by 2001, they had sold out of most of those names. So they sold out of like Juniper Networks. I don't know if you remember that one. Palm, which was the Palm Pilot. Uh, That's not even around anymore. Um, WebMD, that was their big winner in like 1999 during the dot-com craze. And they finally had to get out of that. And what did they buy in 2001 to replace some of these? They bought Exxon. Eli Lilly and Citigroup. And now those were in the top 10 holdings by the end of 2001 in, in this. So, very I'm not, interesting. yeah. And I, I don't think just based on what you were just saying about Kathy's statements, we know how she's anti oil and that kind of energy. I, I don't. Foresee her ever going in this direction that Janice 20 ultimately had to go into in order to make some money in their funds. Um, so that's also why I find it fascinating. And I do admire her as well as what you were saying Nina about her sticking with her strategy. It is her strategy. She is a growth investor. Growth is not working right now, obviously, but she's not going to change your strategy. and to me it's no different than you know warren buffett is a value investor he's always been a value investor even when it was out of favor and he was mocked and you know called old man and all this other stuff numerous times in his career but he always stayed with his strategy you could take it or leave it as an investor you didn't have to buy berkshire stock if you didn't you know want to be in value And the same with Kathy and the RK, you don't don't have to own it if you don't like what she's doing with the strategy. But I do admire that she is sticking with what she wants to do and what has been her strategy since 2014. So yeah so she she
1: believes in all the disruptive innovation digital assets for example she predicted that uh, uh bitcoin will go to five hundred thousand dollars and then she raised it to one million dollars a few months later yeah. Yeah. and she continues to buy um coinbase uh which has been beaten down so much because uh all cryptocurrencies have been uh, beaten down. So she continues to buy those stocks, Coinbase, all digital asset-related stocks, and also other stocks like uh, Teladoc, Zoom Video, Roku, all all stocks which have been beaten down, she continues to buy them. And yes, she's never going to buy oil stocks uh, because that's not disruptive innovation. And as far as uh, Buffett is concerned, you know he was uh he did not buy technology stocks uh for for right. a long time but then he started buying like he bought apple which is uh the largest right. holding in terms of uh you know portfolio allocation and he has made a lot of money on apple too and he did um, maybe buffett yeah. or his left lieutenants they have bought some other technology stocks too they have so yeah, yeah but i don't think kathy is uh, going to change her strategies uh, because uh, her uh, theme is about disruptive innovation and many of these yeah. uh, companies uh, in this space uh, they are loss-making companies and they will not make any money in the coming years
0: yeah it's uh, gonna be interesting to see kind of where things go another thing i saw that was also um kind of interesting was that in You know, 2001, when Janice 20 was talking to the press, um, or just Janice in general, about what was happening with their funds and, you know, the downturn and everything in the growth stocks, uh, they, they mentioned that, you know, they're not going to hit home runs every time with every stock that they pick. And they also mentioned we have, you know, excellent research staff and they're digging deep on these companies. So we have a good handle on what's happening behind the scenes, you know, with these industries and these companies. And to me, it sounded extremely similar to some of Kathy's comments recently as well, talking up her research team and, um you know that she she too isn't going to hit home runs every single time either and they both also talked about the long term uh, story in these companies and how they're invested for the long term. But then Janice 20 <laughs> uh, decided to, to, to make a change after about a year of that. Uh, You're more of pain. They decided that they didn't care about the long term anymore and they just bought Exxon. So it will be interesting to see what Kathy does. But I do think she will stick with her strategies. I mean, that this is how she operates. And again, if you don't like it, Then don't invest in her in her funds, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, true, (laughs) exactly. And uh, she doesn't like oil. Um, uh, She mentioned that oil is going to twelve dollars a barrel, uh, but. You know the fact is that uh, there is not enough supply of oil in the world, and uh, the world is just not ready for the energy transition. Transition, sorry. Uh, So that is why oil prices continue to go up. And uh, the problem with the you know oil uh, stocks and ETFs and exposure to those uh, stocks is that most investors have these uh, uh, a lot of allocation in their portfolio to broader ETFs and mutual funds, which track the S&P 500 index. And if you look at uh, the allocation of S&P 500 to energy, even after last year's surge and this year's continued to surge, energy is less than 5% of the S&P 500 index. Uh, So most investors are under allocated to Energy and uh, yeah. yes, energy is not hot. It is people don't want to talk a lot about energy because they believe in climate change. I also believe, right. believe in climate change. That is that is happening. But the thing is that we are not ready for the transition. So till then, we will have to have fossil fuels. We will have to live with the fossil fuels, and these companies will make a lot of money because they have been they have been pressured by the big three asset managers. So, uh, to not invest in drilling and uh, instead run yeah. return money to their shareholders so they have been returning a lot of money to their shareholders in the form of dividends and share buybacks and uh, not investing in their operations uh, so that is why oil prices continue to go up and these stocks continue to be so hot
0: yeah let's talk about that for a minute so Is there any money rotating into, you know, the big ETF funds like the XLE, the XOP this year? Because I see, you know, they were the hottest last year, and I see XLEs up 61% this year again, and XOP, which is the oil and gas exploration and producers ETF that one's a little hotter as it should be up 66.3%. It's almost the exact mirror image of ARC, K which is as we said down 52. So you would think based on uh you know momentum and uh the, it had the great returns last year it's having it again this year that suddenly the money would be coming in to these types of ETFs but is it no, surprisingly,
1: it is not. Uh, so, Excelie, okay. which is uh, the biggest um energy ETF it's a broad yeah. energy ETF market weighted, uh one of the cheapest one too that has gathered uh just about 656 million in assets this year the other large one which is by Vanguard uh, VTE that has lost assets and XOP uh, has also lost some assets slightly about 33 million wow. uh, even the leverage ones uh, which were very popular with the the Uh, retail traders, uh, Reddit forums like NRGU and GUSH, they have lost assets this year. Maybe people, you know, the traders, they were using them. And once they saw returns of these 100%, they started booking profits. So similarly, other energy ETFs too, I think uh, people did put money last year and this year also they put some money, but once they see those kind of returns of 20% within a month, probably they are taking some money out too. So that yeah. may be the reason why these are not get it, gathering a lot of assets because people may be, uh, you know, just uh, booking those profits uh, after saying, oh, my, my energy ETF is up like 30% in
0: two months, so why not book some profits? Right and especially given the track record of energy over the last decade yes, it hasn't yeah. been a real reliable performer you exactly. you do get some of these rallies and then it gets crushed down so why mm-hmm. why wouldn't you take some of your gains off the table when you get them i guess
1: yeah, yeah, I mean the oil rally has been supercharged by the war, but still, it's a cyclical yeah. energy is cyclical. So if something happens to global growth, uh, then obviously oil will not continue to surge like this. Uh, right, and that is that may be the reason why people don't want to invest. And it's I, I read an article in the FT Financial Times recently that uh, energy companies are even struggling to attract talent, uh, because younger people, they do believe in climate change. So they don't want to go work for energy companies. Uh, They want to go work for Apple or Google or uh, even smaller uh, technology company, which may not be making money, but uh, they don't want to go work for the likes of Exxon
0: and Chevron, which which are making a lot of money. (laughs) Right. And it could be in something just like marketing. If you're a marketing yeah. major and you're just graduating college and you you think about where you might want to work and it, it's, it isn't at Exxon, even though, you know, there's some great jobs there in marketing, yeah. I'm sure, <laughs> um, yes. but yeah, and then you have the other problem too of any talent coming down the pipeline on the engineering side, you know, there is petroleum engineering is an actual major and it used to be, you know, pretty popular because you would go to work in these very good jobs at big oil, but now the young people are like, what's my future in that? Why would I bet my career to be a petroleum engineer? No, I'm not gonna do it. And so now they're short on up and coming talent as well, because we haven't made the transition over yet. We still do need engineers and the older ones, the experienced ones are retiring now. So <laughs> there is yeah. a talent you know, uh, deficit there for even just something on the engineering side but yeah the the industry has problems all all across the board on labor even in attracting labor to drive crude trucks or work on the rigs all of that because uh you know they people have been laid off several times in the last decade it is a not uh, popular industry. There's plenty of other jobs that are open right now that also have good pay that are outside of the energy industry. So people are willing to go in those other directions, but that's also going to pressure the prices higher on on energy here. So that'll be uh, something else to watch. But yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued that not many people are uh, you know going into this industry or even investing in it, watching it caring about it or anything yet we're getting these you know huge outsize gains in the stocks
1: Right, and uh, something very interesting happened uh, recently in the ETF space, and I just wanted to mention that uh, we, you and I, have discussed that. So this company called Strive Asset Manage uh, Management, they filed for three ETFs, and they said that instead of the stakeholder capitalism, which is uh, being practiced by the big three asset managers, uh, um, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, uh, these three asset managers, they tell companies companies to cut their climate emissions uh, improve diversity embrace other esg related changes and because of which uh, the major oil companies have not been investing a lot in their operations and they have been returning uh, cash to shareholders instead so this company strive says that we will practice uh, uh, excellence capitalism so we will tell exxon and chevron to do what you do best <laughs> drilling and drilling yeah. so i think it would be very interesting to see how those 3 edfs gather assets whether uh, investors really want companies to do what do they what they do best uh, instead of embracing esg all esg goals when the world is not ready for uh, transition to energy it it will take some time now did those launch already No, they have been filed. So we should see the launches sometime in about two months. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, that'll that'll be definitely interesting and something to keep Mm -hmm. a watch on. And maybe we'll be chatting about that in the future. I thought for a moment there you were going to tell me that someone was filing for a new energy ETF. (laughs) No, we haven't. We've we've talked about that. Nobody nobody files for any like other than like Gush or those ones. But like on the stock equity side, you know, it's still just these old, these old ones like XLE and XOP and some of those that have been around a while. Nobody's dared to to dive in on this on this area. Uh, maybe yeah. it'll be a sign. Once they do, then we'll know we're towards the end of this rally. <laughs> maybe once they start to dive in. Yeah. So if you look at
1: this year's ETF launches, there are a number of thematic ETF launches, a number of ESG related. Um, Uh, launches and in all sorts of flavors like which say social socially responsible clean green or whatever and uh, some themes like the metaverse is very hot Uh, themes like digital currency blockchain related uh, ETFs uh, they're very hot in terms of launches not in terms of performance so we continue to see those uh, ETFs, products based on those hot themes, uh, continue to launch and they continue to gather some assets too, even though the performance continue to suffer. But no, we don't see any energy ETFs, uh, the plain vanilla energy ETFs launch uh, launches uh, in the past few
0: months. Yeah, interesting. Uh, for people who are wondering if they do want to invest in some of these energy ETFs, the two that we mentioned. The XLE and the XOP the differences between the two the XLE covers the entire sector and the two biggest holdings are Exxon and Chevron in that one and they make up 43.7% of that of that ETF. So if you want to own Exxon and Chevron and you don't want to own just the individual stocks then XLE is for you. The XOP is uh, more evenly invested across so you don't have the concentration in like two big oil companies and uh, exxon is on the top 10 but that's because they're all about two to three percent of that fund so you're gonna get only the explorers in that one but that does include like exxon um occidental diamondback Calon Petroleum is the biggest position at 3%, ticker CPE on that one. But if you go in there, you, you'll see right away the differences. Uh, XLE, because it's the entire industry, will also own the services side, like Schlumberger, Halliburton. Those types of companies will be in the XLE as well, just so people know the difference. Um, and then I, I do get questions like, which one do you like better, Tracy? I'm a big fan of the explorers here because that goes directly to the price of crude and natural gas that goes to their earnings, and both of those are at 10-year highs. So I'm just gonna go right to the guys who are getting it out of the ground. But the other side, the services side, the refining um, service stations, all of that, will still also be- do well, and they're they're gonna benefit as well, but it's not as much of a pure play. and it- Also works on the flip side. So once we do have a pullback in crude, say we do get some kind of ceasefire or end to the Ukraine war, likely crude prices will drop. And when that happens, those stocks tend to get beaten up a lot more than, say, on the service side. So keep that in mind. It's going to be more volatile to own the explorers. There's a lot of glory on the way up, but a lot of pain on the way down if we get a big Pull back in energy, then you will see those stocks really pull back as well. So keep that in mind. Any any other advice for people looking to get into energy, Nina? Yes. Yeah, so I own uh, both XLE
1: and XOP in the um, ETF investor portfolio, and I totally agree with the, uh, what you said about these two ETFs. Uh, there are a couple more ETFs if you want more exposure to smaller Energy companies, probably you could look at PSCE, uh, which invests in uh, SP, uh, in the energy stocks, uh, small cap energy stocks from the SP 500. Uh, so uh, the ticker symbol is PSCE. And this one equal weighted ETF, uh, which is also by uh, Invesco, RY so these uh, both these etfs uh, will provide exposure to smaller energy companies so these two have done very well uh, this year and uh, just a small correction psce uh, tracks energy stocks from the s&p small caps small cap 600 index not the s&p 500 Uh, so these uh, but again as you mentioned uh, these smaller companies they may continue to do very well they may continue to outperform the the bigger ones the larger ones uh, when oil prices are going up, but if oil prices come down because of a resolution to war or whatever reasons that you mentioned, these may underperform. But I think for longer term investors, XLE or VDE, which is very similar to XLE or XOP, those those are the ETFs uh, which investors could hold uh, in their portfolios for the longer term because they're broader ETFs like SPY or
0: VOO, they don't have uh, much exposure to energy. Yeah, what kind of return does that small cap one have? The B S C E is that what it is? B S C E. So B S C E is up about sixty
1: five percent year to date, wow. and uh, the the equal weight. That is also up about sixty four percent. So, very very attractive performance. Uh, but they are yeah. going to be much much more volatile uh, than the likes of XLE, which which is market cap rated, Which you mentioned that uh, a lot of exposure to Chevron and Exxon.
0: Okay, so that's that's a lot of discussion today. <laughs> yes, uh, C- Kathy versus Oil as our- the hottest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've covered the hottest and the and the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've covered both ends. So yeah. This is always good. It's good to get a perspective on what's going on out there and you know, to see what's happening with where the money is going and where it's not. But that doesn't always mean what the performance is doing, but eventually the money starts going where the performance is so that's why i'll be interested to see what happens with some of these energy etfs as the year continues to go on Um, and even arc k and if they can continue to take in money but we will see
1: I wanted yeah. to quickly mention that uh, there was uh, uh, last year, the CTF, uh, which shorts ARK, S-A-R-K, that launched oh, yeah, last yeah. year. <laughs> so that uh, saw some interest from investors It gathered uh, more than 400 million in assets, and this has surged uh, almost 75 percent year to date. So that same firm yeah. also launched... Uh, 2x uh, um, uh, arc etf that a simple t t a r k so if you want a short you have the choice of sark s a r k but if you want to double arc's returns uh, negative or positive then you have t a r k but t a r k dark has not seen much interest from investors so far though it is very new too but uh, okay. but for it's investors <laughs> yeah, too risky. Both are too risky. But for yeah. investors, yes, you want a short ARC, there is an ETF available. And if you want to double ARC, there's an ETF for that too.
0: Right. So that's that's a good point, because that's a way to, if you really believe that Cathy um, is in the wrong here, and and you're not an investor in her portfolio, but you want to bet against her, well, now you have two ways to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, go for it. <laughs> but I wouldn't bet against her. I'd be scared No, too, me neither.
1: But, I, yeah. I've never I've never bought her ETFs and uh, yeah. I've never bet against them. So because no. you, you never know, she may be successful in
0: five years or uh,
1: yeah. fail yeah. Failed, totally, may wind up her firm. We
0: will see. Yes, we will. Okay, let's uh, recap some of the tiers, what we talked about. So there was ARKK, A-R-K-K, that's the flagship fund. We also mentioned uh, the Arc Genomics, which is ARKG. There's, uh, we mentioned a couple stocks, so let's talk about those. It, also in her funds, Tesla, of course, TSLA. Zoom, ZM. Uh, we did mention Apple in Buffett when we were talking about him, AAPL, obviously um exxon we've mentioned them a couple times xom we mentioned chevron cvx is the ticker there i mentioned calon petroleum cpe is the ticker and then the etfs on energy side xle xop bsce uh, that rye those are the small caps rye and then if you want a short kathy sark and T-A-R-K are the two, that's the double one, just short them, Uh, but there's a lot going on on the world of ETFs, and um, it's another interesting year, so I'm sure I'll have Nina back on later on in the year. Right. So
1: just to clarify, uh, the other TARK is 2x. It's not minus 2x. Uh, SARK no, 2X, is minus 1x. And if so you really believe, 1X. yeah, if you really, <laughs> really believe in Kathy and her strategy, and if you believe that this is the time to buy those beaten-down strategies, right. Okay. Then you buy
0: the turkey, tier. Yes, very, sorry. very risky. I, I was confused myself there. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking it was double the short. That would be even more fun. But no, it makes <laughs> sense that not much, not much money has gone in there then because they they're scared to yes. do the the positive, the double the positive side. But you know, usually, um, you know, it's dark before the dawn, right? <laughs> so yes, true. Mm-hmm. Um, I will keep an eye on that to see if money starts rotating back in there is kind of like a sign that maybe we've seen the bottom or close to it in some of these growth stocks so mm-hmm. yeah okay um yes it's good to know keep that in mind it is two times not the minus two times on tark t-a-r-k we, w- we don't want to send people down the wrong path on that one for sure um okay so be sure to subscribe to get all of our podcasts here you can get us on apple podcast and you can also get us on soundcloud you're going to get the value investor podcast on soundcloud as well spotify you can get us uh anywhere the the podcast platform is out there we're on most of them but be sure to get us somewhere because next week i'll be here again with some more stocks
1: This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zacks Investment Research as a whole.